We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. What is this, you may ask? This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It is the podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. And I think I might have gotten that backwards because the show really is for you, but we bring it to you. I am Steven. I'm the alum. He is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, we start the show the way we always start it. What's the good word? To hell with Georgia. And I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball at you and ask you a different question. Who are your two favorite teams? My two favorite teams are Georgia Tech and whoever the hell is playing Georgia. Here we <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, Joshua, good to see you. Always nice to be here. Unfortunately, I think this is the show that's going to be known as all the bad news in one show. It's not all bad news, but it just seems like there's a lot of bad news this week. Um, not well, a very... Yeah, not a very happy show. There's a couple of pieces of good news we're going to talk about. Uh, for those of you this is your first time, welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Joshua, tell them how they can get in touch with the show and be part of the show and tell us what they think of the show and what they want us to talk about. Yes, well, if you do enjoy what you listen to and you want to come back for more, obviously you can always find us on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, a few other places. Um, the big thing is if you have something that you want to say, either you want to critique something that we said, tell us that we're idiots, or if you want to give a take on something and say, oh, I see it this way and here's why, or if you just want to compliment us and feed our egos a little bit, you're welcome to. You can DM me on Instagram if you're on Instagram, uh, Joshua Julian 46 Julian is spelled J-U-L-I-A-N, and then my email is JoshuaJulian26 at Outlook.com. So either of those ways, um, always open, and we would love to hear what you guys have to say. Um, Put it on the show if you want it to be on the show, of course. I like it. For If this is your first time, we encourage you to listen to all our shows. We try to do one show a week. We try to give you uh, – what we do is we divide the show in two. First part of the show, we try to give you all the news around Georgia Tech athletics and around the campus. And we use some great sources. We try to pull them all together so you can come to this one place. We thank uh, uh, ramblingrec.com. We thank rivals.com. We thank – uh, the AJC, uh, Sports Illustrated, other 24-7 sports. So we we look at those places. We try to tell, we try to give uh, shout outs to who deserves it because there are some great people covering on a day-to-day -day basis. That's the first part of the show. Second part of the show, we go a little more in depth. Today, Joshua, give us a preview of what we're going to do in depth. Well, I'm sure if you're a tech fan, you watched it. Uh, Florida State, 41, Georgia Tech, 16. And it, it got us thinking about what's in store for this team, both in partially in the next, you know, three, four games to end this season, but also what's going to be in store for them down the road, because we've seen two completely different teams. So we're going to talk about kind of what we want to see as alum and fans who believe they know what they're talking about, uh, what we want to see out of this program next year and beyond. There you go. So before we get to the chunk, let's get to the news. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we are going to start with some sad news. 
And we're actually going to start with some sad news about our rivals up the road. Uh, the show is called What's the Good Word? We say to hell with Georgia. Our two favorite teams are Georgia Tech and whoever plays Georgia. But you know what? Uh, life happens uh, and life is real. And the world lost a good man. Uh, Vince Dooley, the uh, coach, uh, everybody who's listening to this knows who Vince Dooley is. He coached the University of Georgia for 25 years. He was 90 years old. Uh, Vince Dooley passed away. Uh, and I bring it up for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, we are bitter rivals, but we are not bitter people. Vince Dooley was a solid, solid human being. One of the best, a man of high integrity. Uh, even though when I was growing up, I had jokes about Vince Dooley. They were jokes. He was a good man. He was a good coach. Uh, he, was, he was a better person than he was a coach, is from all intents, from all stories I've read. And speaking of that, I wanted to point out, uh, of course, Ken Segura of the AJC, one of the lead writers about Georgia Tech Athletics, had a fantastic article in the AJC about Bill Curry's response to Vince Dooley's death. Uh, Bill Curry was actually the coach who coached against Vince Dooley more than any other Tech coach. In his 25 years, Dooley coached against, uh, literally going back to Bobby Dodd, uh, and and coached, I think, against six or seven different coaches, I think it was. Uh, but the, the thrust of the article was getting Bill Curry's thoughts. And uh, <laughs> the article starts with a great story. Um, it, it, let me just read a, a little bit from this article. When Bill Curry was informed Friday evening of the passing of Vince Dooley, his memories did not return to the two coaches' seven on-field bouts that their teams engaged in while they both led Georgia Tech and Georgia respectively. Rather, it was private conversations between the two gentlemen following a few of those contests when some sort of incident had flared up. One happened at Grant Field when Curry said that a fan threw a beer can from the stands that hit a Georgia team doctor. Dooley responded by calling Curry directly and they worked it out privately. One response was for Tech to declare that such, such actions would result in being banned from the stadium. Quote, we never had another problem, Curry said in an interview with the AJC. A big reason is because Vince communicated like a professional instead of making it public, which he could have easily done. There, This article goes on to talk about how these two men who, and Curry is quoted as saying, listen, there was nothing I wanted more than to win on the field, but it was about life off the field and about how these two men communicated privately, became very good friends, and it ends with a great story about how uh, Curry, who after retiring, came back to, to help Georgia State initiate a football program, and uh, Vince Dooley reaching out and congratulating him on his work, and when Kennesaw State wanted to start a program, guess who they asked to be a consultant on getting that football program started? One Vince Dooley. Guess who Vince Dooley's first call was to? Bill Curry. To get his input on how to do it in 2015. What a what a great story about two great men. Bill Curry is one of my favorites. And a great reminder of being bitter rivals, but being good human beings. Once the game is done, shake hands, make your jokes, go back to, you know, quote unquote hating. And there's actually a line about, you know, we hated losing. We we hated them in the fact that we wanted to win. But we didn't. But it it didn't come off the field, and it never went to hating the person. So a great reminder for us in today's world of online this, and and I think we've forgotten how to deal with people 
one on one. And Bill Curry and Vince Dooley did that fantastically. And so we here at What's the Good Word wish all the best to his family, his friends, to our bitter rival fans who we who, you know, we yell at and and don't want to see them win, but they're good people. And yeah. uh, so I just wanted to say that and start with that. It's it's a great time to talk about that too after everything that happened in the Michigan Michigan State game. Yes. I don't know if, if you said probably need to take a few lessons there, uh, gentlemen. Uh, yes. And I, and, and I, you know, and I think we said this on a past show in sports in general, I'm seeing so much more good sportsmanship that, Hey, let's call out the ridiculous stuff and let's cut it out. There's nothing wrong with going all at it and wanting to win badly, but let's come on. Doing, let's be doing a gang beat down on an opposing player in the tunnel after the game. When he's not in pads and all of y'all are, that's that's way too far. That's that's Bush lawyer. Well, to the point where I think that it's right and that Jim Harbaugh is basically saying, no, charges need to be pressed. And yes, we're we're gonna we're gonna do what we can to make sure that 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 happens. Like Michigan State great, suspended the players, but they need to they need to face some criminal stuff. I think too. Be, be a great player, be a better human being. Absolutely. So all right, all right. Piggybacking off of that, we're sticking with football. Um. Relative bad news for the Georgia Tech football program over the uh, last week, um, going back to the 25th of October, uh, two different commits decommitted from the Georgia Tech program. Now, very important to remember, just because they decommit doesn't mean they're gone forever. Uh, Tech's number one recruit in this class, uh, Javin Simpkins, he decommitted at one point and then recommitted back to Tech. Sometimes it's just, hey, I want to make sure that like there's nothing else out there. But either way, the two guys that decommitted, um, according to 24-7 Sports and their star ratings and composite rankings, relatively towards the bottom part of the rankings um, for the team. Uh, first one, running back Trey Cornest out of Cincinnati, Ohio, Winton Woods High School. Um, he's a three-star recruit, uh, ranked about 1,200 nationally, um, number 78 running back, um, relatively good in the state of Ohio. Uh, he did pick up a new offer recently from East Carolina, which is a relatively high-quality group of five program. He's also got offers from places like Ball State, Marshall, Purdue, and Tennessee State. So he's gotten a few different offers. Um, we'll see what happens. Part of it might be because of the sudden, as we talked about on this show, um, the uh, resignation of Mike Daniels. He was the main guy recruiting Cornest, and so with him gone, not much of an incentive to stay right now, but obviously Tech not fully giving up on that. They will continue to pursue him, I imagine. The other one uh, is a native boy from Moultrie, Georgia, Colquitt County High School, uh, Kamal Bonner. He's a 6'2", 200-pound safety, 1275-ish um, in the rankings, um, not super on the national radar, um, One number 117 in Georgia. Depending on where you're looking, he's either listed as a safety or a linebacker, um, probably more of a tweener. Uh, seems like one of those guys that Tech kind of recruits where he's an athlete and they'll figure out what position he plays later. Um, but actually, I mean, with the uh, with the ranking I just gave you, he actually has a very impressive um, offer list. He's got offers from schools like Memphis. He's got offers from Coastal Carolina, uh, Florida A&M, Michigan State, NC State, Wake Forest, Florida, and Arkansas. Hmm. So with an offer list like that, you kind of get why he might want to keep his options open because there's some SEC schools in the mix. So, well, Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Finish up. My bad. No, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, obviously, he is from Georgia, so we are Texas is the hometown team, but he's got some some big programs sniffing around. So you know, best of luck to both of them wherever they end up. I hope for a ton of success to them, uh, but it definitely should be in the white and gold. Yeah, and and uh, you know we we need to almost expect this. The 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 future is very unclear until the new coach is named. Yeah, every single current commit could decommit or could get out of their commitment. So we, you know, one yeah. of the reasons why Collins was let go early was they wanted to have a coach in place so that they could start they could start either nailing down the current recruits they want to keep, it, hopefully all of them, and maybe go get their own set of recruits. So we get it. Okay, this is going to yeah. be news that we. It's almost get. impressive that Key was able to add a recruit to, to the to absolutely. The Good old, uh, yeah, good old uh, uh, Gabriel, my boy, Gabriel Fortson, Fortson, who did not do the hats. I'm going to continue to bring that up. So even though it's very old, I apologize. All right. Uh, So, Joshua, we need some good news. What's the good word? We're going to give you a good word here. And that is the Georgia Tech women's volleyball team. They're always the good word on this show. They continue to impress. They continue to, to move forward. So they had two away games this last week at North Carolina and NC State. They won both matches, uh, won both matches uh, three games to one. So they continue to stay in the top 10 in women's volleyball. But Joshua, the women's volleyball team had two fantastic uh, honors given to them. First of all, Julia Bergman uh, picks up her third ACC player of the week. She uh, has also made the 1500 kill 1000 dig club member. It's her eighth career ACC player of the week. So kudos to Miss Bergman. Thank you very much for doing so well for Georgia Tech. And the other thing I wanted to point out is uh, the Georgia Tech women's volleyball team made ESPN top plays. Mm. Uh, You can search it on the Georgia Tech volleyball Twitter uh, account. You can also search ESPN top plays. It was for, it's dated October 29th. Uh, our fam, my wife and I were actually watching Sports Center, and sure enough, here they show it. So basically, Georgia Tech women's coach Michelle Collier, quite a player in her own right in her day, uh, during practice at North Carolina, decided to do a trick shot and did a uh, serve from the rafters, from the upper section of stands in North Carolina, and nailed it into the basketball goal from distance. It, it was so, the it was the geometry and the calculation of velocity versus wind resistance. We're the only school that can do that. I love it. So what I love is in volleyball, an ace is one point, but when you put it in the basket from the stands, that's got to be at least a three pointer. I mean, that's from downtown. Curry can't hit from there. So, <laughs> so, so uh, it was a nice serve. Uh, go search it out on the Georgia Tech volleyball Twitter or ESPN top plays. It was only the tenth play. But they were shouting out Michelle Collier of uh, the Lady Yellow Jackets. Uh, So kudos to them. Keep up the good work. I know the ACC and NCAA tournament are coming up. Good luck to the ladies. Man, bring it home. We'd love to see a national championship. Need more more news on this show like that. Um, We're going to have the most diverse sporting mix I think that we've had on this show. uh, Because I'm taking it to the baseball diamond. We're going to talk about... Danny Hall, and he made an addition to his staff. Now, normally when a school hires an undergrad assistant, very rarely is it newsworthy, right? It's 
some kid working on his degree who wants to be around the baseball team, you know, a kid like me who loved baseball for his entire life, but was not nearly athletic enough or, you know, didn't throw hard enough to ever get to that level. So that's just nice to be around, right? This one is someone that most every Yellow Jackets fan will know, and a ton of other people outside the program is going to know. Uh, former MLB catcher Matt Wieters uh, returned to campus. He's a, now a student. He is completing his degree. He left tech early for the MLB draft where he was drafted, ended up in Baltimore, had a 12-year major league career, uh, four all-star appearances, two gold gloves. But yeah, now he's been hired. Um, he's coming back to what's now being dubbed, and I think it's a very accurate statement, catcher you. Hard to argue with it, considering Jason Veritek, Matt Wieters, um, Joey Bart struggled at the major league level, but he was a very high, highly talented yep. prospect. And now yep. Kevin Parada yep. and probably a ton more that I am not naming. Yep. But I mean, he's, he's coming in, he's going to be working with the players. Um, obviously the catchers probably more than anything, but also hitters. Cause he was quite the hitter in his own. Right. Um, so yeah, it's great to see uh, kids coming back. And according to the article by Ken Segura, it looks like that's a common trend. There have been a few other tech players. Yeah. Who have come back for their degree and worked with Coach Hall again. Of course they have, because you want to get your tech degree. You want to earn that next million. So, so he already earned $50 million as a player, so he can earn 50 more with that degree. Here is the uh, here is the sports media question of the day. We did not do this pre-show, so I'm kind of springing it on you. We're oh. going to see how, how good you did your research. Does it say what he what he is coming back to major in? I do not believe that it specified that. Ah. Of course um, not, because it wasn't written by a tech person. I, well, it was written by Ken Segura, so let's not okay, dump on him too all much. Right. Ken, listen, he, Ken does he covers it everything. All, all right, yeah, but um, Ken, shout yeah, it out on not... Twitter if you listen to us. <laughs> all right, that's okay. You don't need to find out while you're looking, and you don't need to find it. I was, I threw that out. I thought that would be an Easter egg. I thought we'd get uh, an extra, extra credit. Because Lord knows in my calculus, I needed the curve. All right. <laughs> so I will throw out one last quick one because you said you wanted it to be the most diverse. And we did do swimming and diving and golf in the last one. So I am going to give a shout out to the Tech women's tennis team. They concluded the Tennessee Fall Invite in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, over the three-day tournament, they had, uh, let's see, I believe it was 15 wins, six doubles and nine singles wins over the three-day tournament. Shout out especially to the uh, doubles team of Kylie Bilchev and Alejandra Cruz. They were perfect in their doubles record at the tournament. So they, uh, I believe, uh, I believe it was five wins. I'm, I don't quote me on that, but five wins over three days, I believe so. But anyway, they did great at this uh, Tennessee fall invite, 15 total wins. So shout out to the Tech women's tennis team. Good job. Go them. Go them. Go Jackets, right? Let's go, go jackets. jackets. Bust their ass. Okay. Uh, moving on. Time to go to the time to go to the second part of the show. So if you came for the news, we'll see you later. Uh, unfortunately, we kind of have to get back into the bad news because coming off of uh, now the second straight loss under Brent Key being two and two. Great start, and now ugh, uh, two two losses. Uh, and honestly, at the beginning of the season, we looked at this Florida State game and thought it was going to be tough. Florida State is mm -hmm. improving. They are becoming a much better team. Uh, they are doing what we want to see ourselves do, is they've been improving under Mike Norvell. 
the last couple of years. Um, yeah, plus, he's a horrible situation with Willie Taggart. Yeah, that that it's impressive what he's been able to do. Plus, uh, plus uh, losing Jeff Sims for the game was going to hurt. Uh, so we're not going to break down the game too much, okay? Um, but out of the game, we want to just kind of talk about uh, what the football team needs to change. What, and we kind of talked about this. We, I think we've hinted at this as the season has gone on. We're, we're a little bit more than halfway through. And so now it's kind of like, all right, so what should we be looking at? What should we be looking forward to? What needs to change about tech football moving forward? So, Joshua, you're the sports media guy. I'm going to react as an alum would, probably an overreaction at times. But let me let you start and get us into this deep dive. Well, unfortunately, I think the first thing that needs to change is the head coach. Um, I really wanted to ride the, the the key train. I wanted to know that he had the major key. I wanted to I wanted to believe it, and I think that he is a good ball coach. I just think he's a good position coach. But at the same time, the offensive line was his baby. He was the O line coach, and that's the worst part of the team. So the biggest thing is going to be the head coach. Um, I think pref you you would really like to build an identity. Um, I think the biggest thing under Jeff Collins was Jeff never really figured out what his identity was all about marketing and branding and being the hot new commodity, but he never focused on the brand on the field. Um, And I I don't know if Brent Key is going to be that guy to do that. So if Tech can find a head coach that has a specific brand of football, be it an air raid or Jamie Chadwell spread option or something similar to Dave Clawson's slow mesh scheme, like something that makes Tech tech like something that differentiates because tech isn't going to win by just out athleting people or you know we're tech's not going to win because they get the best players they're going to win because they get you know more disciplined play similar to how paul johnson was with the triple option when you have something that kind of holds a program back like tech does with the academics and whatnot you have to kind of compensate for that inevitable deficiency in talent that you'll see against certain clubs mm. and so the head coach is going to be a big thing so let me stop you there. Let's let's react to that before we go on. So I I am I'm kind of with you. I do want to acknowledge a couple of things. First of all, I think Brent Key was given an almost impossible situation. Oh hey, yeah, you, Let me talk. You started horribly, right? Uh, at on a team that last year the coach lost the locker room. Okay, that's my that's my opinion. It was obvious the way they played. They were not listening to their head coach anymore. A lot of those players are back. They start to see the same thing happening. So Brent Key needs to be given credit for a couple of things. First of all, they have now matched the win total of all all previous, you know, Collins years, right? So they win Mm -hmm. one more game. They're going to have the best record that they, better record than they ever had under Collins. So that needs to be acknowledged, okay? I think what Brent Key has done very well is brought a steadying hand. I think he has calmed everyone down. I think he's kept them focused on what they can control. And what they can control is let's get better, let's improve, let's let's stick together. I think they've stuck together. And he needs to be given kudos for that, okay? However, I will agree with you. I, I haven't seen enough that I would say give him the keys to be the head coach. And by the way, I don't know if Brent Key wants to be the head coach. Yeah. He's never said that. I think he is doing his interim job. I 
you know, if they offered it to him, I doubt he'd turn it down. But I don't know if he's actively looking to be a head coach. So eh, we'll we'll see. So, okay. So before we go any farther, let's stay on the head coach for just a second. And let me ask you, there, there, you know, we went through a list of names. So we're not going to mm-hmm. go through a list of names. And I want you to give me specific names. I want you to tell me what type of coach, what needs to change about the coach specifically. And if you want to say that specific change that people listening would go, I think he's talking about this person. That's fine. I don't have a specific name in mind. I'm going to keep it honest with you. I'm okay. in this discord that I'm in. They're all talking about all these different names. And I'm like, I, the fact of the matter is tech is a, an open head coaching job, but there are better head coaching jobs out there. So if somebody picks tech, it's either going to be because they we're the best option for them or all the other jobs have been snapped up and we're the best left. Quick question, just off the top of your head. How many names do you think are on a list that Jay Bat has in his office right now? How many names? Yeah. I mean, if he's doing his due diligence, I'm hoping 20. And and that's the short list, right? There's a short list I, that's that's down to 20. I'm, I think not, I'm not 100% certain on how a lot of these work. It depends right. on the person. I'm hoping he's doing it the right way and being very you know, thorough and going through as many people as possible. So I'm yeah. hoping short list is 20 and they've interviewed a lot more. Yeah. Um, I've right. read stories about teams not doing that, and it always ends a disaster. Yeah. All right. Um, so go ahead. The other thing that I think needs to change, and it's almost guaranteed to change with a head coaching job, is going to be the uh, coordinators. Uh, I think Andrew Thacker has been okay. I think he was kind of given a lot of blame at the beginning of the year, and I think we saw once Collins left, there was more of a – like he had a little bit more control and it looked a lot better. Now the Florida state game, obviously they put up 41. Some of that I think is Jordan Travis had the game of his life. And Jordan Travis is also a very, is a tremendous talent. And the other thing is I, it looks to me and it, looking at the schedule, it was, I reminded myself of this. It looks like this tech defense has had a lot of trouble with mobile. They seem to very much be a, 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 how do you say it? A key, a, a, a C ball get ball right mm. like a like a C player get player so they're very much if I see something I'm just I'm, I'm fired react yeah and so when you have a dual threat quarterback where like oh he's in the pocket I'm going for it and he can get out of that pocket like it we were really effective on defense against UVA because Brennan Armstrong is a pure drop back passer you know same thing with Duke same thing with Pitt and Keaton Slovis. But then when you start to get into Ole Miss, UCF, Clemson, when they had QBs that could move, it was the defense didn't play nearly the same. You know, UCF was different because I don't think Plumley can actually throw, but either way. So I think Thacker will probably end up gone just because normally coordinators aren't retained. Chip Long, I think, would probably be gone either way. Um, I'll get into why I don't think the offense is completely his fault. and I don't think he's been put in a very good position. But either way, I mean, he's the one calling the plays. He's the one calling a ton of second and long running plays and first down running plays and weird screen passes and, you know, not utilizing the fact he has a six, seven wide receiver over there. Um, so I, the coaching staff inevitably is going to turn over a ton. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think if they don't, if they don't ask key, I don't think any of these guys come back. I, I don't, More I think they're not. Yeah. Because I, I don't think there's, unless, there's one coordinator that you could say would keep the class together. 
and the new coach wants to keep Javon Simpkins and, and Gabriel Fortson and other uh, recruits that I don't know uh, their yeah. names, if he wants to keep the class together and not bring in their own class. So the big thing is this class is a lot of offensive linemen. Yeah. So keeping key would probably keep about half the class. Well, and the, the problem is our offensive line hasn't been good for years. And so and, that's the other thing is the offensive line is probably going to go through some changes. Now, I don't know how much because the thing that I have to keep reminding myself, this offensive line is very young, and very experienced. You know, you look on the depth chart, they're mostly sophomores, redshirt sophomores, or there's a few fresh like redshirt freshmen. And the ones that are like redshirt sophomores, like Pierce Quick, who's in his third year of college, but because he was at Alabama, he didn't play a lot. They're getting their first real in-game reps. So it's it's a horrible time because all five of them are going through growing pains at the exact same time, which is a you know very bad scenario for an offense. Yep. So, so here's what I'm going to say. Um, when it comes to the coach, the number one thing that needs to happen, in my opinion, is we need to bring in an actual coach. Okay, now I know that, what are you talking about? That's stupid, you know, is it? We brought in a hype guy, okay? We yeah. went from a football coach who was incredibly stubborn and was in a system that he had mastered. And I'm not going to talk about the triple option. I'm not saying we need to bring in a triple option, okay? But what I'm saying is we need to bring in a coach because what Collins did, and he was all about, we're going to, it was hype, and he said, we're going to run fast. That's stupid. If we're going to rebuild this program, you need to rebuild from the ground up. So everything needs to be about the two lines. You need to simplify the game. You need to be Wisconsin. You need to be Stanford. You need to be schools that don't get the top recruits. So they build the lines and they run it down your throat. They keep things simple. <clears throat> and they do on them well. We need yeah. to shorten games by running the ball. You have Jeff Sims, okay? If Jeff stays, <clears throat> you need to run a Baltimore Ravens type, Lamar Jackson type offense that is run first, pass, or run first, pass first. It's kind of ba balanced both. You go 11 on 11, you line up and you hit people and you just run, okay? It doesn't have to be the triple option. But there's all these various options, you know, and maybe not the RPO and quit trying to run speed, huddle up, get your play, get to the line, run the best play to get a few yards, control the clock. That is number one rule. If you're not going to be five stars all over the place, then you need to out execute the other team. And the number one way you can do that is to slow down the game. So we need to get a coach who is going to take players and make them better, and you're going to start on the lines. Tech's best years were always strong on the offensive or defensive line. 1990s national championship year, we were a, Sean Jones was great, but we were running, and it was because we had a great offensive line. In you know Brent Key in the late 90s, Joe, oh, Joe Hamilton was so great. We ran a lot. And it was a, and it was an option offense to an extent, okay. And our best years under Curry were and Ross were with the Black Watch defensive line. You start on the line, the line and the linebackers. So 
That's what I think we need in a coach who's going to start simple, keep yeah. it simple, and just coach them up and beat people. Yeah. There's 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 pieces on the D-line for the coach that comes in. Obviously, I think Absolutely. they're going to lose Keon White. I think he's going to the NFL. With his physical ability, he'll get picked up by somebody. Um, but other than that, I mean, keep having guys like Zeke Biggers and um, Nico Collins and um, who's the other, uh, 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 Kyle Kennard. Like Tech has proven that they can make they can get some edge rushers in there. So getting pressure, absolutely. The offensive line, I'm with you. Depending on who they hire, if they go air raid, they don't have to win on the O line because the whole point of that is to make sure the quarterback gets the ball out quicker. Sure. But either way, again, it depends on who we get. But other than air raid, yeah, you have to win on the O line. That's where again I come back to the idea that the O line is super young and super inexperienced. So yep. some of it's not on them. Some of it is on the fact that Collins, like he got all these O line transfers, but they were all guys that had absolutely zero starting. Ex- you know, Paul Chow from Clemson had had like two starts in his career, but also a bunch of injuries. Pierce Quick never saw the field. Corey Robinson played a little bit for Kansas, which at the time was an insult. It's not anymore. Um, RJ Adams came in. He was a redshirt from Kentucky. He had never played. So it was like, these guys have tools. You know, you look at these, they look like they can play offensive line at the power five level. It's just, again, they're all going through growing pains. So I'm hoping that they all, you know, develop over time. And I'm hoping that next year they look better if, and when they stay. Um, but either way. And, all right. So the other change. So so let me give a quick change and then you can give one or react to mine and then give one. I think the other change that needs to happen is we as fans, unfortunately, you're not going to like to hear this. Whoever comes in, we need to give them two to three years. I was yeah, absolutely when, when Jeff came in, I was willing to give him a few years. I gave him three, and the problem was I just I didn't see us get any better. And you can blame COVID, yada yada yada. I hear all that. Whoever comes in, you know, when who, when Jeff came in to take over Paul, the idea was, well, there's nobody here. The cupboard is bare. It was a triple option. There were no star players. Okay, so we were willing to give him some time. Again, Collins brought in better players. He never coached him up. This is going to take some time. I want to find the coach who's going to build a program. George O'Leary took over a program in shambles and it was bad, but you could see what he was building. Yeah, That's what, I, I, that's the change. I think tech fans, and it's hard because the last couple of years of Paul were him being a jerk and not a jerk. I'm sorry. Him getting ready to retire and phoning it in a little. And then Jeff's years, we wanted to get hyped, but there was very little behind the hype in results. So this is this is a this is a wasteland and it's going to take a little time to get out of it. That's a change the fans need to be patient. Well, so yeah, the, the best thing I can say to that is just there's so many examples out there of college football programs that if you give a coach 3 years, he can he can give you I mean Florida State, you know, Norvell. I have some Florida State fans they were talking about, "Oh, I wonder if Norvell's going to be out of here." And it was like year 2 and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" After what he you know, got after Jimbo didn't leave it very good and Tagger left it even worse. So, you know, and Jeremy Hypel or um, what's his name? Hypel over uh, Josh Hypel at Tennessee. Yep. That's that's an exception to the rule. Um, I'm he has some kind of magic sauce over there. It's not going to take two years. It's going to take three to four. So 
what Norvell's doing, what we've seen Leopold do over at Kansas, what Jim Moore is doing at UConn right now. I mean, these guys are going to wasteland, you know, jobs that are horrible, and they're they're making them competitive. So there's 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 an there's a way to get there, which is there has to be patience. The best way I can say is the model that Tech should try to follow is. Wake Forest. I'm going to name drop them until I'm blue in the face because Wake Forest is a very similar institution in that they are a they're an academics first college. When it, even in, in the fact they're they're a Power Five football program, they hired Dave Clawson and they gave him time. And Dave Clawson isn't incredibly flashy with his recruits. He just coaches, and now they're competing for ACC championships. So it's 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 a coach who knows what he wants. That yeah. is what Paul brought. Yeah. CPJ knew did. what he wanted. Jeff just said, look, I got a shiny toy. Look, I got this great player. He didn't know how to make them better. So yeah. it's not. And and please, the Georgia Tech fans who go, we were recruiting in the state of Georgia. We should just get all players from Georgia. And we didn't, you know, shut up, you people. I mean, hey. I. I want to trust the coach. Sorry, uh, but w- stop being Georgia fans, okay? Stop worrying about four and five star. I'm not saying we can't get those guys, but I. It's more important to get a coach who's going to build a program, okay? And it doesn't need to be flashy. It just needs to be. I'm looking for men who want to come get better, both as men and as players. And oh, by the way, you'll get a world class education as you get here. Who wants and, and let's clarify, if he can come in and build a system and also get a ton of great recruits, that's, even that's a win-win. Yep. So it doesn't have to be one or the other, but either way. What one other? of the th- other thing I want to see change is I go back and forth on this every day. I, I wonder if it's time for Jeff Sims to move on because I feel like I feel like it'd be better for him, and I feel like it would be better for Tech fans because the kid is so supremely talented. And every time I watch him, watching Zach Gibson back there compared to, uh, you're like, holy crap, Jeff Sims is so good. Because there were times, especially against Pitt and Duke, he made the offense look halfway mediocre. Right. And when Gibson was in there, it was like, oh, dear Lord. Now, part of it is because Gibson's a pure drop back passer with a horrible offensive line and is a fan of Matt Ryan. I can tell you horrible recipe for success. Right. But anyway, he was I, put in a situation, a no win situation yeah, for him. He was, yes. he was put in between a rock and a hard place with a submarine shooting a bomb at him. But either way, um, I think Sims can still be successful, but I think for the benefit of himself and I, I think it's time for him to go somewhere else where he doesn't have, cause he's still looked at, as the golden child, right? He was still, he's the prized pupil of the Jeff Collins, the one Jeff Collins recruiting class that lived up to expectations. And the other one was Jameer and he already left. And I feel like no matter what Sims does, there's always going to be that kind of, that taint of like, he wasn't exactly what we thought he was. It took him too long to get there. There were injury problems. There were questionable decisions, yada, yada, yada. If he stays great, I'm going to be his biggest supporter. I think for him, for his own personal development, I think getting out of the tech program and going somewhere where he doesn't have all of those expectations and baggage that have already been heaped on him, I think would be better for him. And Zach Pyron looks like he might be the real deal. 
Yeah, that Zach had that. That was the one silver lining, and uh, we're going to see if he plays again this week. Um, Brent said that he was hoping Sims would be back, um, and we had kind of talked about you had heard that you know his foot can't get much worse, and it was more of a sprain, and it wasn't the break. And I don't want to get into that. Things, yeah, yeah, I don't want to get into that. Um, I'm with you. Uh, I, I, you know, at this point, Jeff Sims is a fine young man. He's going to make a decision. Uh, and and I won't regret whatever decision he makes. Um, and again, I think a new coach is that's going to be a decision. That's going to be a reason for that decision. Yeah. Um, Zach Pyron was he he impressed. Um, he he I liked what I saw. Uh, I I'd be curious. He can play four games and still redshirt. We can kind of see. You know, I'd love to see him in at least one more game. So just because, you know, what else are you playing for? Um, we're, we, this is like a baseball team running out the string in September. Uh, yeah. So let's, you know, maybe I hope we Time get one or two more wins. Yeah, absolutely. But um, here was the change I was going to make and, and allow me to get a little philosophical. Uh, I, I would like to, uh, the, the, the change for football is, I would like the next coach and I would like Jay Bat as the as the athletic director to give a clear definition to the tech fan base and the tech alum of what success is. Define success and and define your why and define your vision for tech football because we live in a state where we are surrounded by the SEC and and the the success of the, the the definition of success in the SEC is national championship or bust. Even among the teams who haven't had a national championship in 30 years, it's you got to go for a national championship or bust. And I want to know if that's what Georgia Tech's definition of success, because I believe college athletics gives you an opportunity to define success, not just in wins and losses, not just in national championships. It can be success in in being competitive. It can be success in, you know, beating your rival. It can be success in competing for ACC championships. It can be success in building a sustainable, successful program. I, I think, um, I, I think sometimes, and, and this may sound Green New Deal-ish and, and wishy-washy and participation trophy-like, and I apologize if I'm getting too uh, too far off the beaten path with this, but I would like the AD and I would like the football coach to clearly define success. Um, when we were under uh, O'Leary and we were under CPJ, it, there there was a, there was a pretty clear definition of what they were trying to do. And yes, of course, we're trying to win as many games as we possibly can. Okay, I get that, but. It was when while uh, graduating, it was when while fulfilling this system or trying to achieve, you know, whatever it was, there were things tacked on. George wanted to expand the stadium. George wanted to expand the facilities. George wanted to, uh, he wanted to be competitive year in, year out, and he wanted to attract certain recruits and he knew what he wanted he knew what he wanted and with paul you knew what you were going to get and he knew what he wanted i want that 
in the football program. I want that feeling back. Bill Curry, I, I knew what I was going to get. I was going to get the absolute highest integrity. I was going to get fantastic students who were great athletes, and we we could be competitive. Now, we weren't competitive every year, and he built it from nothing and made it made it realistic again after a string of bad coaches. So, and and that is probably the reason why, and I've said it in past shows, I want a tech man. That's who I want as the coach. And I'm old and crotchety and get off my lawn, but that's what I that's why we need a tech man is because they can help define success. Absolutely. Well, I don't have much else. Um, the only thing I'll say is I, the best way to define success to me is a quote from the great Al Davis, just win, baby. And I think there's a little more to it, but I I just I just I want them to, get to define laugh, it for me. So. I know. That was good. I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> I would try and come up with a pro. Re- that's good. Let's leave it at, let's leave it with Al Davis. I think we'll leave the show with Sir Al. Uh, may he rest in peace. And, uh, so, and actually that's our, that's our message for the football team heading into Virginia tech game. Just win baby. Please for the love of God, just win. Get us, get us to four wins. We can't be that bad. Like right. Virginia Not tech is horrible. Well, so are we the last two weeks, but it, Coach, interim coach Brent, get them together, help them win well. And, uh, you know, let's let's see what we got. So uh, I, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, we'd love to hear what you what changes you think need to happen. Uh, let me know if I'm getting too philosophical uh, or if we should just stick with Al Davis. Just win, baby. So. For for Joshua, the sports media guy, Joshua, tell them how they can get in touch with the show one more time. Uh, once again, if you're on Instagram, you can DM me at JoshuaJulian46, or if you just want to email, you can email me at JoshuaJulian26 at Outlook.com. Julian is spelled J-U-L-I-A-N. And for Joshua, this is Stephen, and we are telling you as our listeners, we hope in future episodes there will be more that we can say about what's the good word.